The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Tuesday. Week 4 of the NFL season is in the books, and what a wild week it was. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily, eight-time-a-week CBS Sports NFL Podcast. October is here! We finally arrived. It's 90 degrees in North Carolina. How lovely. Uh, but October, October means some good football. It also means you can have your questions answered on a special mailbag podcast that the Super Friends will do. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you include a fantasy question, trade, add, drop, whatever, uh, we might answer it on Thursday's show uh, with advice from Heath Cummings and Bryant McFadden. Or if you have any other random question you want asked, life, beer, food, uh, where John Breach stores, um, you know, whatever he collects, stuff, things, uh, you can ask that on uh, on iTunes as well. John Breach, where do you where are you storing your tears after watching your precious Cincinnati Bengals put up? I'm not even like making fun of you. I feel bad. Like I, if I were you, I would feel sad and depressed. Um, they lost 27 to three on Monday Night Football, and um, as Sean Wagner giggles and Ryan Wilson gloats because he's a Steelers fan, breach. Uh, I, I I cannot help but feel a little sorry for you because that was pretty depressing. Brinson, it's none of your business where I store my tears. So let me just put that out there first. I'm only here because I'm contractually. I'm only here because I'm contractually obligated to be here. I don't even want to talk about the Bengals game because what I just watched was a total disaster, absolute debacle. I don't know what they were doing at any point in this entire game. I don't know who hands the ball off nine straight times, trailing by 24 points in the fourth quarter. I don't know who gives Bobby Hart $21 million. I don't know what you could possibly do on offense with Andy Dalton as your quarterback. I think I've given up, guys. Wait, that's, can I ask you two questions? No. Beautiful and sad. <laughs> no. Have you officially given up on the Bengals can go 10 and 6? And B, have you officially, are you officially willing to concede? This is poor form. This is poor form. Sean. Are yeah. you officially willing to concede the, uh, Andy Dalton set the passing record, uh, bet that we have? Sean going? just dancing on John's I'm looking up Trubisky stickers right uh, now. That's funny you should mention Trubisky because Andy Dalton might be the Bears quarterback next season. Mm. Uh, but number, to answer your questions, what was question one? Conceding 10 and 6. My prediction written as per our website for the Bengals was 6 and 10. I said 10 and 6 was their absolute ceiling. Uh, so at season 6 and 10 still in play. I'm not conceding that. <laughs> I, I still think they can hit 6 and 10. 10 and 6 was always a wild dream. And that was with, if everything went right, obviously nothing has gone right. So yes, that is out of play. And what was the second question? How do you feel about Andy Dalton's pursuit of the old, of the all time passing record? You know what? Having to wear a Trubisky sticker. They play the Arizona Cardinals next week. He might light them up for 400 yards. They still have to play the Dolphins. So for every bad game he plays, he has a game against a very easy defense where he could make up for that bad game. So no, Sean, you keep looking at tattoo designs because it's still in play, man. It's still in play. 
Hey, uh, Ryan, is what? this game, was this game more about, uh, Andy Dalton on primetime or is this more about the Steelers surprisingly, given that they were 0 and 3, just completely overwhelming a team that is worse than them in a spot where they had to win? I don't think this is about Andy Dalton at all. I know John just said that he can't believe he's the quarterback there, but I don't, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Mitch Trubisky, anyone back there behind that offensive line would have struggled. Um, Andy Dalton was sacked eight times, according to NFL research, and hit 12 times. Those are both career highs. They make it sound like a good thing for the nine-year veteran, three-time Pro Bowler. So he was taking a beating. Uh, John mentioned um, Hart. Andre Smith is also terrible. They drafted Jonah Williams, the left tackle out of Alabama. He was hurt uh, before the season started, so they didn't have him. And, you know, there's a lot of talk in the mock draft community about the uh, Bengals taking a, a quarterback with their top five pick, they should just keep drafting offensive linemen because I feel like that's a bigger issue. And they also drafted your boy Ryan Finley last year. Maybe they shouldn't draft any first-round picks because they always get hurt. Well, let me say something about the Bengals real quick, and that's not funny, Brinson, but it does date back to Kajana Carter. Not, 1995, they lost him for the whole entire season. It's but not a joke. <laughs> Dalton literally is on their long list of problems. Dalton's not even in the top five. So right. What Ryan just said is absolutely correct. And you hear Bengals fans saying, Oh, we need to draft a quarterback. If you, if the Bengals get a top five pick for 2020, they absolutely should not take a quarterback. They should beef up. They, cause nobody's going to be good back there behind that offensive line. But the flip side of this is this game was a perfect example of kind of the Dalton line of quarterbacks where I actually do think somebody like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they could have done stuff behind that offensive line because Brady has such a quick release. He can think fast. He sees everything develop quickly, whereas the second, third, fourth-tier quarterbacks don't see that. So when you can list the quarterbacks who could not succeed at all, you mentioned Trubisky uh, behind that Bengals offensive line, those are the quarterbacks who are Tier 3, Tier 4 quarterbacks, Dalton, Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, those are the guys who get killed behind that line. But I do think, you know, a Patrick Mahomes – a Tom Brady, an Aaron Rodgers could find a little bit of success behind that line as bad as it is. So in, in all, I was going to say in all seriousness, would you, if like Sean, you and Sean had the power to trade quarterbacks and Sean's like, Hey, I'll give you uh Mitchell Trubisky for Andy Dalton. What would you do breach? Oh no, I think Andy Dalton is a better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky. hundred percent. I don't even think it's that close. Like I would, I, there, there's no way you could – if the Bears throw in, like, a third-round pick with Mitchell Trubisky, then maybe – Stephon Diggs. What if Stephon Diggs? Then, then right. maybe we could have a conversation, but no, not straight up. Okay. Would, can I ask um, Breach one more question? Yeah, I got one question for Breach. Related. I got one. I got right. one, too. All right. Well, here. cover Breach's questions. I'll ask first, and you can ask the next one. And then, okay, go ahead. Um, if I gave you uh, an opportunity to go in a time machine and you could go back and cancel the Zach Taylor hire, would you do it? Oh, that's my question. Well, here's the problem is that that's a firm. Yes. <laughs> no, it's I, no, I would not cancel Zach Taylor because th- there weren't a lot of great options out there and they needed to bring in someone who was the opposite of Marvin Lewis. You could not get rid of Marvin Lewis and bring in anyone similar. And so what Zach Taylor did was bring in this new dynamic, kind of this new breath of fresh air. And I don't think that we know what he's doing is failing because, again, he inherited most of this. It's not like. He went out and signed a bunch of bad offensive linemen. He's only been there for one draft, so he has doesn't really have any control. And we've seen that his system can 
do okay. I mean, to me, it was shocked the Steelers picked up eight sacks because it's a Bengals team that almost beat the Bills, who I think have a way better defense than the Steelers. That offense had some success against the Bills. That offense had some success against the Seahawks. Uh, so it, they're just so hit or miss and so cold because they're just trying to learn this new system. So, no, I think Taylor, I'm okay with Taylor, even though they're 0-4 right now. Um, here's the thing I want to ask you and then to follow up because you and I talked about this on the preview podcast, John. But my question first is this. After the sixth sack, I believe, <laughs> I've never seen Andy Dalton so frustrated in nine years. He got up and just threw the ball towards the end zone, I think towards the official there, stormed off and had a look on his face like, I- I'm done with this BS. Get me out of here. And then he kept putting it back out there. Maybe him running the ball was, uh, was the, the solace he was going to be afforded. So, he, uh, by the way, he, according to Next Gen Stats, uh, tied with Carson Wentz for the uh, shortest time to throw in week four with all quarterbacks. So, well, and again, and Carson Wentz had some success. So that is a, a tier higher than Andy Dalton because he can thrive in situations like that, even though he's not getting time to throw. So uh, here's what John and I talked about in the preview podcast to defend Zach Taylor. And I can't stand by it now, but I did over the first three games of the season. I thought Zach Taylor and, and Andy Dalton had done a better, had a better marriage over the three weeks than, uh, John Breach's doppelganger and Aaron Rodgers. And I didn't think that was even necessarily close for debate. That clearly has gone out the window and, and off the cliff with the, what bus are you driving on this? Oh, the Devontae Parker bus. <laughs> oh, well, let's now divide. This Devontae Parker thing is not dead, buddy. <laughs> but, uh, just to, just to say There's a topic. much better chance of Devontae Parker uh, be, being better than Sammy Watkins this year than, uh, Andy Dalton leading the league in passing yards or Mitchell well, okay, Trubisky. Fair, fair enough. But, but my point is that Zach Taylor isn't the problem either. It's the personnel, as John pointed out. And, um, as our buddy Paul Daner, the athletic tweeted out at least once tonight, he says, uh, it's really hard to play offense with no offensive tackles. And, uh, th- that was brought home point, uh, you know, play after play, quarter after quarter. And I don't take too much out of this from the Steelers perspective. This team, this, this, Bengals team we saw on Monday night, they wouldn't have beaten the Dolphins, I don't know. Uh, well, maybe, that's, go ahead. that's what I wanted to bring up is, do you guys, I feel like this year has more bad teams immediately than normal. There are so many teams that I think in any other year you'd be like, oh, that that's a lock for the number one pick. You have the Dolphins obviously at 0-4, the Bengals at 0-4, the Broncos at 0-4 just suffered a big injury that we'll talk about later, and then you have the Jets at 0-3, and, and then the Cardinals at 0-3-1. I feel you like missed the are... second-worst team in the league. Dwayne Haskins. Sorry, the 0-4 Washington Redskins. So I feel like this year there is just a clear – Breach is talking about tiers. There is a clear bottom tier of teams this year uh, that is going to make some of these games really unwatchable, especially when you start looking at the primetime schedule. And, I mean, we have know, Redskins – we have Redskins, Dolphins, and Dolphins, Bengals still left on, like – that's going to be broadcast into literally millions of homes. I mean, I'm, I'm insulted by this, though. I think the Dolphins are in a bottom tier. or They're, they're the only team that has not covered the spread yet, and they've had gigantic point spreads because they're getting blown out of every game. The Bengals have played two competitive games that they probably could have won. Uh, the Redskins have played, I think, two competitive games that they could have won. So the Dolphins have not been competitive at all. So you have bottom of the barrels, the Dolphins. Then the next crap tier up is probably the Redskins the Bengals, the Cardinals, but they are not in the same tier as the Dolphins. But it's all pretty, pretty fair enough. But my if point was there's just a lot of really bad teams. If that's John, the is this hill, the, if that's the hill you want to die on, John? <laughs> John, is this the worst Bengals game, single game that you can remember? Because I'm trying to think back to some of the truly terrible Bengals teams. 
just, just, I mean, like, I think we've seen worse. Like, they lost to the Browns on a Thursday night game at one point, and Colt McCoy. That was a that was kind of, game Thursday night. That's when everybody thought Andy Dalton's career was over, and that was in 2014. They still made I, it to the playoffs. I just, and this is like, and you know, this is a trap situation for anybody who's watching football or getting worked up about it. these these island games where you watch the Bengals play. I mean, I just couldn't believe how overwhelmed Zach Taylor was. Like, he wasn't were, overwhelmed. What's he going to do? They have two players. Uh, they have Joe. They were, they were running. On. They have two players, Joe Mixon and A.J. Green. Where was A.J. Green tonight? Dude, Tyler Boyd and John Ross have been good this year. Tyler Boyd was good last year, too. Here was my problem with but, but they, Zach they, Taylor. They, they were running the yeah. clock down to zero. He was trying to get out of there, man. Let's be honest. Well, but here's the thing. Is that it wasn't quarter? No, here's the thing. Is that it wasn't completely crazy at first. Because, look, it was 24 to 3. It was, there was like 10 minutes left. Ten minutes left in the third quarter. If they score on a drive, it's 24-10 halfway through the third quarter. You're still in the game. They gave the ball to Joe Mixon three straight times on a drive that started 25-yard line after a touchback. He got 26 yards on three carries. They get into Steelers territory on three carries. What do they do on the next four plays? Pass, sack, pass, incomplete, pass, sack. So they went from going into Steelers territory by running the ball and then uh, getting blown up. And so... Any run after that didn't make sense, but I don't know why they didn't just keep running it on that drive because they were just driving straight down Pittsburgh's throat, and that was their second drive uh, of the second half midway through the third quarter. Let me let me just point this out. They had a drive in the third quarter while trailing 24-3 to three that lasted four minutes and five seconds, involved six plays, and covered 12 yards. What are you doing? I've I've got another similar type of thing. Fourth quarter, twenty-four to three. They ran a 16-play drive for 67 yards that took almost eight minutes off the clock, and it ended with an interception in the end zone because on second and goal from the 11-yard line, they ran the ball. Yeah, it was that was it was bad. I mean, they were. Do you remember the the eight sacks that Andy Dalton took? The Steelers were running with the Steelers had faster tempo in the fourth quarter. I'm not kidding. The Steelers were snapping the ball with more time on the play clock than the Bengals were, and the Steelers. You're up 21 points. I was surprised Mike Tomlin didn't take a shot downfield just to like. He took one. Win. No, no, I mean, no, I mean, like, like in the fourth quarter up Look, he ain't pressing his luck. He's trying to get out of there. I know, I know, I know. Um, I don't and, fall, and, and I don't real quick, Zach Taylor. that loss was barely in the top 10 of worst losses in Andy Dalton's career. So they already lost by 24 points to the 49ers this year. So this is their second 24 point loss this season. Uh, I remember last night on prime time, or last year on prime time, they lost the Chiefs 45 to 10. So they've had some ugly losses. It's prime time Bengals. You know, what can you expect? They're right. now 0 and 10 in the dark since 2013. You didn't, you didn't predict this score, John. I thought you predicted the Bengals were going to win. Or did you oh, predict- no. I had the Steelers scoring 27 points. Oh, okay. All right. Well done. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan. So your team won. There are Steelers won, finally. They're on the board. Yeah. Our Steelers. They're 1 and 3. They're just one game out of the division. I mean, looking yeah. at their schedule, let's just let's – You just talked talk. about island games, which is some term you must have read on Reddit somewhere. I haven't heard it before you started saying it. So <laughs> why are you buying into this island game mentality? They just beat the second or third worst team in the NFL. Do you know what an island game means? One game taken in, in, by itself, I would imagine. 
Yeah, it means one game, a standalone pretty game on prime time. Right. You, but you've never said it until covering, this week. You've been covering the NFL for 10 years. You've never heard Island Game? I just like it's a pretty basic, like, I haven't heard Brinson say it, but it's a pretty right. basic thing to say. But I do like that I anything Brinson comes up with something new, Ryan's go-to is, you stole it from Reddit. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, go ahead, give me your Island Game theory for the Steelers. So the Steelers have... By the way, Mason Rudolph, Debo. I love Debo dropping me with next gen stats. Uh, oh, I had it lined up, Debo. Oh, I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll save it then. Um, the uh, Steelers have the Ravens next week. This is not an island game because this is at one o'clock on a Sunday, but it's it's an important game. It's at home. What are you watching on an island? Uh, hey, breach. You cover your <laughs> microphone when you drink water. Um, the, uh, That's <laughs> not water. That's cyanide. <laughs> the um, I mean, I like. I don't think that the I think the Ravens will probably be favored in, the, in there. I would I was assume. ask you, what's the line going to be? Uh, if I had to guess, I would say Ravens minus three. Yeah, yeah it was three and a half. This Sunday's game? Next the, Sunday's game. Next Sunday when the Ravens come to ball, uh, come to Pittsburgh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I think that opened at three and a half. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think that tonight necessarily changes that a whole lot. Mm-mm. So I would guess, yeah, I, mean, I would guess that it's, uh, and I'll tell you in just a second if, if they posted it over here. It is not posted yet. So uh, anyway, probably about three. Um, the Steelers get the the Ravens at home. I think they can win the game. I don't I don't know if they will. Well, let me say this about their chances of winning that game. They, the game plan has to be similar to what we saw against the Bengals. In that number one, the Ravens defense isn't as good as, as it has been typically. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just figured they were because of the Bengals. I mean, the Ravens. They're not short passes. I tell you what, it, they have no pass rush. Uh, yeah, Brinson. Said a lot of things, very few of which I believe, but he said, I don't know. Do you know what I'm going to say? Jay Sam, baby. Yeah, how did you know? Yeah, he said after they drafted Samuel in the fifth round last year, this guy's going to be really good because he does a lot of things. I was like, yeah, whatever. He's a fifth round pick. We'll see. He was a fifth round pick because they couldn't figure out where to play him. He's an H back. He's a tight end. He's a wide receiver. He's a running back last. So he was running the Wildcat tonight. I don't know, know if you necessarily need to do that against the Ravens, but you have to stay on the field. Short passes, and that last week against the 49ers, they had Mason Rudolph taking 12-step drops. He just got crushed. Just get the ball out of your hands. Yeah. I don't care, and, Sean, you can tell me the air yards in a second. I don't care if your air yards are negative four. Tom Brady can beat you just throwing dump dump offs and, and um, dinking and dunking all day long. Just do that, and then the defense is going to have to play, figure out how to stop Lamar Jackson. That I don't know how they're going to do. I, I thought the defense played really well. Uh, I was impressed with what Randy Fickner had dialed up for this because it, the, the Bengals had no clue it was coming. And I don't think the Bengals defense is particularly good, but if they'd been able to slow down, if, but if Pittsburgh had run a basic offense with Mason Rudolph doing dropbacks and trying to be accurate in that pocket, it would not have worked. They put Jay Sam back there at quarterback. By the way, a little victory lap for me. I, I did an HQ hit. It's not, it's not over yet. We'll see. Um, I did an HQ hit. Uh, with Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings when we were down in Florida for the, the telethon. And we were like, we're, we're doing bold predictions for the season. And my bold prediction was that Jalen Samuels and Vance McDonald would both score more touchdowns than Antonio Brown in 2019. Nothing anyone has ever said. There's no way this can be true. And it looks like it probably is going to happen because Jason needs one. And McDonald already has more than Antonio Brown, who has one for the year, assuming AB doesn't come back. You also predicted, by the way, uh, just for another Brinson prediction watch, Jalen Samuels scored six plus touchdowns from scrimmage. You did that in our 100 predictions piece. Well, I think that what we saw, I know I saw, I was trying to Google the video and I found that. I think what we saw from JCM on, on 
Monday night was just that they're going to incorporate him a lot more and they think they can use him. This is how I envisioned them using him when I was making that, those predictions. And I think they're going to start doing that because it gives Mason Rudolph another valve option near the line of scrimmage. Why they, not? I mean, they, they should. It's just easy. And, and at they, some point though, he has to throw down field. Yeah. And that look, Tom Brady makes a living out of dinking and dunking. Why does he have to throw the ball down the field? Cause that's, would a, you rather, would you rather Mitch Trubisky dink and dunk or just throw incomplete passes 40 yards down the field just so you can say he did it? Why does he have to throw the ball down the field? To stretch the defense? I mean, Tom Brady does – yes, Tom Brady dinks and dunks a lot. He also throws down the field a bit, more than Mason Rudolph does. There are now games can, where he hasn't thrown the ball. Like, the, the game – Do the yes, Steelers have the Patriots defense? They have, they have it, 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 looked like it, it looked like they did on Monday night. And, you know, it's Ooh, funny. dunked on, Sean. Talking about the uh, Steelers defense, they only gave up 175 yards. Do you guys – no, when is the last time they gave up that low of a total? No. 2011. Well, 2011. Sweet mercy alive. It's been hey, eight about, years since the Steelers defense had a performance like that. Sean was a teenager. How about the fact that uh, Jalen Samuels has a higher passer rating than Ryan Finley? Well, Ryan Finley hasn't played. Than Andy, than Andy Dalton? So, John, would you like to see Ryan Finley play at some point? Assuming, let's say Andy Dalton's completely healthy. And, again, I don't think this is Andy Dalton's fault, but – this whole talk about drafting quarterbacks, why don't you see what Ryan Finley could do would be my first I, I think the only way you put Finley in is if you trade Dalton. And By the way, oh, yeah, put him out there, I'm, I'm okay with that if they want to trade Dalton. Why is this, but I don't want Finley just be put out there because they want to see if Finley can do anything. Why, why are you going back to this, the Bengals? We already covered the Bengals. <laughs> he asked me a question. <laughs> I know, I know. Ryan's, I know every, Ryan's everywhere. I'm trying to host, and Ryan's taking me off the rails. By the way, Mason Rudolph, 17 of 18 for 132 yards in the first half, but those completions averaged 1.2 air yards. <laughs> Last 22, of his, 22 of his 24 attempts were less than 10 yards in the air, and he was also throwing to wide-open guys. Uh, 79%, according to next-gen stats, were to open receivers, which means they're open by three-plus yards. By the way, Debo says the uh, Ravens are minus four right now at the Westgate, over under 42-and-a-half. So I would, I will take Pittsburgh all day there as plus four. At a plus four at home in a 42-and-a-half point game? Come on. Well, I mean, Ryan, were you slightly concerned that the Steelers, as good as Mason Rudolph looked, we've said he's he was throwing short passes, there was nothing going there. They only put up just over 300 yards against a defense that is giving up like four to 500 yards right. a game. So, I mean, if when you look at it from that lens and that perspective, I mean, it wasn't that great of a game for no, the Steelers' right. offense. And this is this offense is not built to come from behind. That was one of my first thoughts. Like I, I'm talking about Tom Brady, but Tom Brady can bring the Patriots back in four plays. Mason Rudolph needs 27 plays, <laughs> ten of which are Wildcats with Jalen Samuel. Right, because so, Brady can throw downfield, which is what we were just. Oh, saying. Oh, really, Sean? Thank. Oh, thank well, you for you were saying. Me. You literally just fun, said fun if fact, Tom Brady fun does fact, it, why does? Fun fact, Sean. Tom Brady was one for nine on passes over ten yards yesterday against the Bills. Oh, weird! You, you guys, Patrick, I'm a Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes couldn't even throw downfield. He he. Zero. Oh, weird. Um, well, Sean is so weird about quarterbacks. I don't know if this is a Mitch Trubisky thing or he hates Chase Daniels. Well, so wait much. a minute. Wait a minute. Let me just let me just finish up the Steelers thing. Anyway, oh, they wait, get but... Ravens next week. Then they then they play at the Chargers in Week Six. And I get that the Chargers are a good team, and it's October, and they should be getting better. They still don't have their kicker back. Um, you know, they, Mike Williams is dinged up. Hunter Henry's out. Uh, Melvin Gordon has returned. Yippee Kaye. Uh, the, Derwin James is still out. Someone else. Oh, Melvin Ingram is going to be out like six weeks. Yeah. I mean, this team is in rough shape. The Steelers are one of those, you know, pop na- nationally popular teams. They're going to, 
those fans are going to be jammed in L.A. There's going to be a ton of Steelers fans in that stadium. That's, that stadium holds 10,000 people, so they'll be. It's, but it's going to be an away game for the for the Chargers. Is all I'm saying. I like. I don't think it's inconceivable that they could win those two games going into their bye. I don't think it's likely. I think they're underdogs, but I don't think it's inconceivable. Okay. If they manage to do that, they would be three and two going into their week seven bye. That's impossible because that they're three three <laughs> three three. Uh, they borrowed John's time machine. It'd be three three going to their week seven bye. Coming out of the bye, they have the Dolphins at home, the Colts at home, the Rams at home, and then they're at Cleveland, at at Cincinnati, and then Cleveland at home again. And then, and and then they close. Is that tough? Yeah. How, how do they get five or six games at home? That's Dude, preposterous. What do you mean? That's a tough schedule. Uh, after the Dolphins game. Three it's, straight home games is not tough. Okay. The Colts let, 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 are, let me ask Ryan then. What do you think rest of the season? Like, where are your expectations that the Steelers finish with? Eight and eight feels like it would be best case. Ryan, I think there are five winless teams and four of six winless teams, and four of them are on the remaining of the Steelers' schedule. I think they have seven the wins. The Dolphins, I, the Jets, the Cardinals, and the Bengals again. Yeah. Well, that's four right there. Man, that's what, a tough schedule. What story do I write every year about Don't the Steelers? They, about they the Steelers. do do on the on the road against the bad teams. Oh, that's true. Not even on the road, but they do do against bad teams. So they, yeah, they that's great. Tonight. Unless unless that bad team's the Bengals. Unless they it's have, the Bengals, right? They have seven possible wins on their schedule after the bye. Well, I said eight and eight, best case. They're one and three right now. So well, that, my point is, if you win one of these two games before the bye, you can get to nine and seven. Sneak okay. Well. I will be cheering very loudly in, in the hopes that you were. Our Steelers are not dead. That's all I'm okay. saying, Ryan. Right. All right, gotcha. Um, uh, what else happened in this game? Oh, Vontae, did we talk about Vontae's perfect, by the way? We talked uh, about uh, JLC and I did before I think he was officially banned. Oh, yo, I know what we're going to talk about. The JLC tweet? No, I, um, I, uh, I played the golf tournament on Monday. God. And we won the golf tournament. Did you uh, win money? Did you raise for charity. I went for charity. It was a media event. Oh, weird, because you said it was for charity when you made it. Yeah, money. it was for the foundation. Right. Um, we, uh, <laughs> the John Cocktoastles Foundation. I was supposed to play with Chip Patterson, our pal, Pip Chatterson, yep. and uh, Alec Campbell, and Adam Gold, who are local radio guys here. And it's the SAS media event at Prestonwood. And um, Chip had to bail. SAS. Chip had to bail, so he didn't. he couldn't come. He built it last night, uh, the last minute on Sunday night or Monday morning. And then Alec had to leave after nine holes and we weren't playing that well. And Gold and I just, uh, we just sort of got dialed in, crushing my driver. We went 11 under on the back nine and won the freaking tournament. I'd love that you the stopped difference. the podcast to talk about your, your golf game. This is the difference between, uh, Brinson and Wilson. Cause like a couple weeks ago or a week ago, I asked Wilson about his goal and I wanted him to soak it up and he refused to even go into detail about the goal he scored. Brinson brings it up on his own, brings the podcast to a full stop for five minutes so he can talk about it. And brags goal. about how great he was. How, um, how's your dating life, Sean? <laughs> I think it's time for a break, right? <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Sean's dating life. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. 
The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. A lot of news to go around the league on. Or we can talk about Sean's dating life. What do you think? Brenton, we need to call your contact at match.com. I feel like they'd be the perfect sponsor. We could throw Sean in a few uh, of these promo reads. He could talk about each one of his dates. I mean, that's just. We could put like some music in the back and say, boom. That sells itself. That sells itself. Uh, Did you guys see, before moving on, that Juju was uh, mic'd up and he kept asking people, asking Chris uh, Boswell about his dating life? I did not see that, but that was actually what I was going to ask you about before we went to break. So I do want to ask you very quickly about it, Ryan. Um, I noticed that I'm trying to think it was late in the fourth quarter. The game's wrapping up. Um, and, uh, Juju's talking to Randy Fickner, the offensive coordinator. Right. And you could kind of, you couldn't really make out what they were saying for once Fickner was covering his mouth instead of like telling the Bengals coaches what plays he was running. Um, but you could see that Juju was a little disappointed. And it's understandable. He had four targets for three catches and 15 yards. His long catch was nine yards. Do you think that, I mean, AB wouldn't be having this? No. And like he'd be freaking out and melting down if this was happening, even in a win. Um, where do you think Juju sits on all this? Like, is he going to be okay with the team winning and him and, you know, them having to do some funky stuff like getting J Sam heavily involved, you know, using James Conner in the passing game? Uh, you know, Deontay Johnson being prominently involved. Is he going to be, is he going to be willing and able to sit back and take, um, you know, just take an L in terms of his stats for the betterment of the team? That's a great question. And it's, I spend way too much time thinking about that, probably because AB was a member of the team for nine years. I didn't read that conversation the same way you did. I saw Fickner was laughing a little bit. And if you watched the sort of the mic'd up segments, there were like two or three of them. Uh, Juju seemed pretty happy to be goofing off with a mic on, um, whether it was during the game or on the sidelines. But here's the thing, man. You can't get four targets a game every game after having over 100 last year and be happy about it. So I don't know how you fix it. Uh, I think the bigger issue is Mason Rudolph only throws checkdowns at this point. So unless he's going to take the advice of Sean Wagner McGuff and and start chucking it downfield no matter what, then Juju's going to have to sort of deal with it. And you're going to have to buy into the fact that if we're winning football games, it's a team sport, that's where we're at. And I always come back to this. What would happen if, if Juju were on the Steelers? He weren't getting looks. I imagine he wouldn't say much, but I'm mean, not the Steelers, the Patriots, excuse me. But that, that's sort of a, 
in and of itself a, a different conversation because you're talking about Bill Belichick and a whole different culture and all that. It is surprising they can't just scheme him open more though. Like, <laughs> well, that's what I was yelling last week. Of course, he had to. I mean, he had to take the slant for 75 yards to do all the work. But um, I, I don't know if they were double teaming him or, or what in this game. Um, but everything underneath was open, so just get the ball out of Mason Rudolph's hands. I, that, that's I, I felt much better about that. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all right, let's talk about an ex an ex Bengals player who uh, is what tormented the Steelers before, Vontez Perfect. Um, I don't know. I haven't listened to the JLC podcast, so apologies. I didn't listen to the preview because you know I was out winning a golf tournament. Uh, but um, I don't know if you heard. I won a golf tournament. I did not. But congratulations. Thank you. We got a trophy. No prizes or anything. What's in it for us? Uh, nothing. The, okay, that's, uh, that's, that's the, lame. The annoyance of having to hear me talk about this golf tournament. Who recently. kept the trophy if you guys had a team? Oh, who do you think? Not well, me. Well, it's not in, it's not in his background. It would be for sure on display right next to his <laughs> Philip Rivers doll. <laughs> that's, that's a very fair point. Uh, the perfect, uh, Javante's perfect suspended for the entire season. My question, uh, Breach, why did this happen five years ago? It didn't happen five years ago because Marvin Lewis was on the competition committee, and he, I'm sure he would save Perfect every single time he got in trouble. I mean, no one mothered Vontez Perfect more than Marvin Lewis. I mean, the guy was a fan of him. He felt like a father figure. He was never going to let anything horrible happen to him. And so, you know, I'm not surprised that, A, obviously – Perfect went to the Raiders because Paul Gunther, the Bengals defensive coordinator under Marvin Lewis, was there. That was a big reason why he went there, and he had that close relationship where he thought he was going to get that same kind of care. And obviously, Gunther is not on the competition committee and doesn't have any sway anywhere. And, and, you know, like you hit people in the head this many times, that's what you have to do. The NFL made the right decision here. This is just when he played for the Bengals, I would sometimes, I wouldn't defend him because. He'd get fined. He'd get suspended. He deserved it all. And I do think that the rest of the season, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a harsh punishment, but it's just such an egregious hit. And I don't know that he's ever going to play again because it, it, Marvin Lewis kind of kept him in check. And without that guy around, uh, I don't know that anybody can keep Vontaze Burfitt in check. I was expecting you to dive in here, Ryan, and talk oh, about okay. being the yeah. chief. You hate him more than you hate Antonio Brown. No, that's not true. I mean, he's a oh, dirty you player. You hate Antonio Brown more. I don't hate either one of them. Uh, Antonio Brown is, is off tweeting crazy. I'm mature of you. Thank you. And I think here's the thing. Our buddy Andy Benoit sat down with Vontez Perfect like last year, I think, during the offseason. And he said he r- really liked him as a person, thought he was a really smart football player. But he also said you definitely have to suspend him for the rest of the year. So I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he insists on hitting people in the head. I'm fine with the suspension, and I think John's right. It's going to be hard for him to play again probably for the same reasons – that Antonio Brown might not play again. It's just because you sort of burned all your bridges and you're out of options. But uh, I don't know what would, would compel someone to be like, um, there's Jack Doyle's head. Let me see if I can remove it from his body. And um, JLC actually said this uh, on Monday morning that he thought that Jonathan Jones, the the uh, Bill, uh, the, excuse me, the Patriots defensive back who had helmet to helmeted Josh Allen was not guilty of being thrown out of the game. It, it was sort of a bang-bang play, try to turn his head, and that's sort of the argument that Al Riveron made. So I guess one for Al Riveron there. And by the way, we didn't even talk about this, that stupid pass interference call in the Steelers game that Al Riveron didn't see and just said whatever. I, uh, and real quick, Belichick defended Jonathan Jones too. And I, yeah. Belichick is not a guy who would put his reputation on the line if he did not think it was a legal hit. So he wouldn't go out and make a controversial statement like, no, that 
he deserved that or something like that. I thought that. you were joking and, because he didn't talk about Antonio Brown. After I, <laughs> no, no he'll, he'll, he'll scuttlebutt on, and not say only, anything. On-field matters only. Yeah, he'll dodge and duck questions, but if he's actually going to say something, uh, he'll usually say what's on his mind if he's willing to talk, and he did talk about that hit. By the way, on that P.I. thing, really quickly, I'd just like to point out that it's obvious that the NFL has crea- has decided like that Steelers Seahawks game was was basically flipped on a pass interference challenge by Pete Carroll that ultimately won won the Seahawks the game and I think Al Riveron and somebody at the officiating office got to talking to like hey we don't want you flipping these calls as much we don't want this to be a big factor and they are basically saying we're sticking with whatever the call is and if for some reason we desperately need to change the call because something bad was missed then we have a break glass in case of emergency yeah but they didn't do that last week. But I think they're just, they're going to save it for the playoffs or something. I mean, they, this is a, a major F up by the NFL. These coaches are being told to challenge, like, hey, like you've been empowered to challenge situations where you believe there's been pass interference or there's not been pass, you know, like where you think the incorrect call was made and they're, they're challenging them correctly and then being told despite everything in front of our faces telling us that there is or like that, that the wrong call was made. They're not being overturned. The call stands. It's unbelievable. It's every single week with this crap. At this point, I feel like coaches just shouldn't challenge it unless it's like, you know, late in the fourth quarter or something but, and they, there's nothing to lose. But I did find funny that now I don't agree with what the, the review resulted, uh, in the game, but I did find it funny that the broadcast was talking about what Mike Tomlin told them before the game, which was he doesn't feel like he can throw the challenge flag because it feels like, you know, it's a moving target he's throwing at. And then as soon as they're talking about that, Mike Tomlin throws the challenge flag and it, exactly what happens is what he feared, which was they had just have no idea. And if, by the if, way, he's on the competition committee. And that was the bigger point that got lost in this was it was a dumb challenge by Mike Tomlin. It was first and 10. You're getting 10 yards. If you lose the challenge, you're down to one challenge for the entire game. You don't need to challenge a 10-yard penalty in the first quarter of a game that you're trailing three to nothing, especially when your batting average on challenges is like 4%. I mean, Wilson, that guy never wins a challenge, does he? No, he's not great at challenges. So, I mean, he, further, he should not have – and knowing everything you guys just said about pass interference where they're not going to flip what they called on the field, the challenge made no sense. And not to defend the NFL in any way because it was a horrible, horrible call and Chomwin should have won the challenge, but he shouldn't have made it at all. That, that's my point. Sure. <laughs> you got dunked on, Sean. What? I just, <laughs> wait a minute. What? I was agreeing 100%. That's oh just my god. Joke. Oh my god. Uh oh. Another story. What happened? It's not, not, not going to be. It's not going to live up to the oh my god. No, never does. Well, look, give it to us. Over promise, under deliver. Let's go. Let's hear it, Brinson. The Bengals are favored by three and a half points next week. Who are they playing? Playing the Cardinals. Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> I'm just saying. I said, oh my god, the Bengals are favored. I thought that. Uh, you know, it's funny because oh, please, you know it worked, and you just don't want to give it credit, Sean. You know what's funny is that if the Steelers beat yeah. the Ravens. If the Steelers beat the Ravens, which is completely plausible, and the Browns lose on Monday night in San Francisco, and the Bengals beat the Cardinals, you know who's only a game out of first Here place? Here we go. There <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. So what happens? It's actually not that far-fetched. Uh, it's not at all. <laughs> if the Bengals win 12 in a row, they'll be 12-4. and four. <laughs> uh, Let's not get crazy. <laughs> Who do the Bengals get the week after that? They've got the Ravens and then the, the We're Jags. talking about the Bengals again somehow. Uh, Debo's like, go, go, abort, abort, get off the Bengals. Don't let breach back on the Bengals. Uh, a couple quarterback injuries to deal with as my dog attempts to have me throw a tiny uh, fo- uh, baseball for him. 
Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Sean's hero. There goes my hero. Watch it as he goes. Mitchell Trubisky is a dislocated left shoulder. Slight labor of terror. Won't require surgery. When will he be back and when should he come back, Sean? By the way, you do a much better Sean impression than a Foo Fighters impression, and that's that's really not that's really is saying a lot. But isn't it when, amazing that Ryan had no clue what song that was? I mean, it's like how, who I love that? the Foo Fighters number one and number two. Might it have something to do with the numbnut singing it? I mean, Sean knew what it was. It yeah, might have, I'm not happy about that. And like, I'll be honest, the first time I ever heard my hero was because Paramore covered it. Oh, that was my hero that you were singing. That's terrible rendition of that. Shame on <laughs> sir. That should be the new podcast intro song. Uh, When should Trubisky come back? I think – so they've got the Raiders in London, then they get their bye. I think it's conceivable based off the report that he could be back the following week, which is against the Saints at home. That said, we talked about this on – schedule coming up. We talked about this. Oh, you think? Saints, Chargers at Eagles, Lions. Right, right, but I think the bye bye is such a favorable – timing for them and for sure. the Raiders is such a favorable timing and the fact that it doesn't seem like it's going to be months it's going to be weeks I actually think the schedule helps them out the thing is what we talked about on yesterday's episode is that they don't need to rush him back and I'm not saying again I don't I would rather have Trubisky over Chase Daniel but Chase Daniel is competent enough they went one and one with him last year too that they shouldn't rush him back um, in a situation where you know they have to protect him in the pocket because Trubisky's greatest asset is in his arm it's his legs and ability to run the ball. And if he doesn't feel comfortable running with that shoulder, I don't think you should throw him in there. So I think they should be patient. Chase Daniel, I think, is good enough to beat the Raiders. And I think they could beat the Saints at home. Now, I think that would just be a low-scoring game between two backup quarterbacks and two good defenses. But they shouldn't be rushing him back. But I won't be surprised if he's back post by. The um, I think it's worth noting when you look at the NFC, uh, NFC North. And they, you know, this is how the schedule works. But from week 13 on... Every single there's there's like there's a lot of backloaded NFC North matchups like that's what's going to decide who wins that division and who goes to the playoffs. And I mean, I like we can say the Vikings look like crap right now. Kirk Cousins got to go. We can say that the Bears are Kirby suck it. Kirby suck it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we can say, well, the Lions are frisky, but they're not going to hang around. We can say the Packers defense sucks and we thought it was good. I mean, we're not going to know anything about that division until that stretch from week 13 to week 17. That's well, what, yeah, go ahead. You were calling this upcoming stretch a bad schedule. The Bears finished the season against the Cowboys at Green Bay, against the Chiefs at home, and then at Minnesota. So that's the stretch they need a healthy quarterback in. So right. that's what, the, to your point, that's what they need to prepare the for. The Bears have a really, I mean, like, that, it's, it's hard to overstate how important that Broncos win was for them in week two. Cause they, if they're two and two right now and going to play a, Raiders team that's somehow two and two in London, uh, and then have to come back. I mean, their week seven through week 17 is, is tough. And I'm not saying they won't win a bunch of games. They got a great defense, but you know, their offense. There's no way they're losing to the Bears in London. I mean, the Raiders in London. You're right. The no Bears way. Won't. I mean, they probably won't, but they could. They're five. I mean, they're going with their backup quarterback. They could absolutely lose. I mean, the, let the, John ex- uh, explain to you how the Ra- Raiders do outside of the country. Oh, and two, Sean. Both losses by 24 points. Well, those are sample sizes I feel great about. This and line, the line has actually moved down. It's now five. That is a major red flag. That's disrespectful to Chase Daniels, what that is. Daniel. Uh, Wait, so you think, 
a Raiders Chase Daniel is going to uh, the Raiders just lost their best defensive player and the Raiders have to fill that spot literally on a whim in London. Uh, and you think that the Raiders offense is going to do anything against the Bears defense? I mean, we saw what they did to Kirby Suckett. They're going to do the same thing to Derek Carr. <laughs> So I mean, this is not. I, I, I got these London games, especially the ones where, like, I mean, because they all you, you don't nobody has a buy before they go over. They're okay. all it's always weird, man. Weird stuff happens. Did the Jaguars beat the Ravens like forty to like three yeah. or something? Yeah, because Joe Flacco was the quarterback. So Chase Daniel is better than Joe Flacco and Mitch Trubisky. What's your deal? And as John points out, who what, does how Chase Daniel have, beat this defense? Who is Chase Daniel? Who in your family is Chase Daniel kidnapped that you're trying to get back so desperately? What's, My uncle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All who right. Did, who did I ask? Was your uncle? Who was it? Missed your uncle Bobby. Uh, oh, yeah, who did you? Who was my uncle? I don't remember. I, I think I asked somebody. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, this whole talk about them losing in, in London is not going to happen. Uh, how do the, how do the Bills survive Josh Allen's absence, Ryan? Is you T, our favorite Josh Allen Bills expert? I'm not actually sure. Uh, I think, well, so they have to figure out how to win with Matt Barkley, which is something they probably never thought they'd have to say. But it's not like Josh Allen was setting the world on fire. He is basically Mitch Trubisky. I mean, he, he's a similar type quarterback. So you have to figure out how to win with a guy who doesn't throw the ball on time, who runs around the pocket, takes a lot of stupid hits, and ends up getting himself hurt. And and I think Matt Barkley, a lot like Chase Daniel, it fits more what you want to do if you're Brian Dayball and or uh, Matt Nagy, just a matter of doing it. He doesn't have a great arm. He made some good throws against the Patriots, made a, lot, made a lot of bad throws. I think what you do is you simplify things, and then you let the defense do all the heavy lifting and then wait for Josh Allen to get back and, and hope he's you know he continues to improve, which he, he had improved over the first three weeks. He didn't play hey, well. Hey, These hey, two hey. situations are so similar, right? Yeah. Like similar type of – Maybe the Bears have a slightly better backup quarterback, but similar defenses, and I think both these teams can survive this. Oh, uh, you remember the podcast? The, the podcast last night when I said the Bills were the AFC's version of the Bears. <laughs> That's all. I actually don't remember, but I have a bad. Reach is salty. Are you drunk? Who, Sean? Is that why he doesn't remember it? Yeah. Sean, you don't even pay attention when I talk you to you. That Twenty-four hours ago, when Breach said <laughs> the exact same thing you just said. But here's the no. thing: is the Bills' schedule sets up a little bit easier than the Bears because let's say Barkley has to play four more weeks. Uh, it, the Titans game is a big one. If they can sneak one out there, they get a bye. By the so, way, Breach, that's in your hometown of Nashville. What uh, what do you think the over under is for the Bills and Titans game? Well, based on what I've seen of the two defenses and the two offenses and the fact that Barkley's starting and Marcus Mariota only plays good every other game and he just played good, uh, I would say it's probably four, under 40, the 39. Answer, I'm going to guess answer, 34. The answer is 12. <laughs> no, it's 30, 38 and a half. Yeah. Is it 38? Yeah, I mean, that's completely believable. And so if they can seek that one, if if Matt Barkley can somehow pull out a win in Nashville, they get a bye. Then they play the Dolphins, Eagles, they probably couldn't win with Barkley, but then they get the Redskins. So that's two very winnable games. Then a coin flip against the Titans and the Eagles game, they probably won't win. So they could go three and one if Barkley's the quarterback for the next four games. So that's um, six and two. That's, that's amazing. The Bills are just a good team. And I wish Sean would grow up and acknowledge that. I've said, wait a minute. I've said that they're going to make the playoffs and I think they're going to survive the stress just fine. Are they a good team though? Yeah, you didn't say that, Sean. Yes, they are. The very, AFC doesn't mean you're good. Well, I mean, like, I, I do think that, like, and this is, I mean, it sucks that this is the case, but, like, Josh Allen returning from a concussion is going to happen a lot faster than Mitch Trubisky returning from a non-throwing uh, labrum tear. You know, I mean, like, yeah, 
I mean, yes. I mean, obviously, like one one is substantially worse for your well being uh, than the other. Maybe, What's your point, though? Yeah. I just think I think I think it's a no brainer that Josh Allen will be back by week seven. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. They have the Titans this week and then the bye. I mean, he's going to clear concussion. Yeah. He might be back for the Titans this week. Exactly. No. Like, I mean, he killed. Maybe we see. Oh, they said that. Oh, did they reel him out? But we routinely routinely see players. You know, get yeah. concussed on Sunday and play, get cleared on Friday and then play on Sunday. No, that's true. I thought maybe I read that. So maybe I didn't. I have to double check. All right. Sorry, Matt Barkley's family. Um, elsewhere. Oh man, this one sucks. Bradley Chubb is out for the year with a torn ACL. That blows. Uh, the Broncos. He, he came back out after he tore his ACL. He I bet playing. you didn't go out and play a little dad soccer after you tore your ACL. This story, I will tell you. Please, I was running. Please take me I to was, the hospital, please. What do you think, not, Prince? Is like most serious injury <laughs> he's picked up. He's mocking Ryan for. Oh, I know what it is. He got blisters when he didn't wear socks with his driving moccasins. <laughs> How did you know? Hundred percent. When uh, I tore my ACL, I, I was had, literally I, running down the. I was running down the field by myself. Hyperextended my knee, tore my ACL, went down, and people thought I was just play acting because I was making so many noises. So that yeah. you were for. The, the one time I witnessed an ACL tear, everyone thought the guy was faking it, and then it turns out he tore his ACL because he, he, like just, he stopped when he got beat and tried to change direction. He went down just screaming, and everyone's like, this guy's faking it. No one could be in that much pain. Uh, my most serious injury? Scooter in Nashville. <laughs> Are you serious? That's the most serious thing to happen to you? Probably. That's hilarious. I mean, I've, I, I mean, I've played a bunch of sports, but I've never, I've never like had, you know, I've never, I've never had a broken bone, knock on wood. Me too. Knock on wood. Me yeah, too. Knock on, knock on wood. I've had a broken bone. Oh, you shouldn't knock on anything, man. I won't tell you that story. That's a story for off the air. <laughs> oh, God. What Wait. bone did you break? How could you? <laughs> was that a. What are you guys a, thinking about? Is that a, I think, is that a yeah. sex joke? Yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. It's not. It's a college joke that involved alcohol. Not a joke. A college well, story. Man, you, alcohol's legal and going to oh, college well, is legal. So I think you can tell yeah. it on the. I mean, I it's an embarrassing I, story. I, Unless I it was think, in Russia. Was it in Russia? I probably had like two, a concussion or two in college. I mean, I guess that's my most serious injury. Two concussions. Yeah. Two. Wow. That Ooh. explains everything. That's why I'm so, yeah. I'd be worried. Joking about myself. Wait, I Ryan, tell your story. Tell your well, story. Well, we're talking about Bradley Chubb instead. This is a major impact for a, uh, yeah. Playoff. You don't want to hear Ryan's story? <laughs> I'll save it for later. So people keep tuning in. Maybe well, I'll we should it. mention that Chubb, not only did he go back in the game, but he had a sack and forced a fumble yeah. with a torn ACL. What a boss. That, I don't know how you, like, I don't know how you do that with a torn ACL because the whole, Hoping we didn't have to talk about this. All right, go. It would be like starting the AFC Championship game without an ACL, wouldn't it? <laughs> Raleigh, oh, that's what you're... Hashtag Raleigh Tough. Wait a second. The difference is that he just stood back there. They taped up his leg. You're talking about Philip Rivers, of course. And that look, Phil Rivers. He played the AFC Championship game a week after he tore his ACL. That's the toughest no, thing. I mean, come on, get up, grow up. He's so, extremely tough, without question. But he wasn't out there making sacks. He was just standing in the pocket. Speaking of Ryan's injury, after he tore his ACL, he went in and told his doctor, he's like, yeah, my buddy oh, yeah. Vincent said that uh, Philip Rivers was playing. Was he's like, yeah, that, uh, he's a professional athlete, pal. And no, here's like, what happened. I didn't mention your name because he wouldn't know who Brinson is, number one. But uh, I think, so as you guys know, I've told you the typical recovery time is seven, eight, nine months for an ACL injury. So Bradley told me fine to play next year. But um, I, when I went and tore my ACL, I said to, to the uh, physical therapist, I said, yeah, so – he's a football fan. He's a Steelers fan, it turns out. I said, yeah, Philip Rivers uh, came back in 150 days, which is insane. 
and he's typing on his computer, doesn't even look up at me. He goes, uh, you're not Philip Rivers. And he kept typing. And, uh, the implication was that I wasn't nearly the athlete as, uh, dad bod Philip Rivers. Was that against <laughs> New England he did that? He played against New England. I don't he know. Tore where he, it against, he tore against Indianapolis in okay. the divisional game. They beat. He was uh, terrible against New England. He had, yeah, he, he didn't have an ACL. God. Maybe who is their backup? Maybe they should have just played their backup. Ladanian actually didn't play that. I think that's the game Ladanian didn't play. And they no, made Ladanian was that. on the sidelines against the Colts with that visor and that coat on, just staring Pound. straight ahead. And Rivers is out there with that ACL ripping yeah. through. Peyton. Look, ah, I like to make yes. Phil Rivers, but I give that I give the guy a ton of credit for playing with one leg. Yeah. Uh, let's get some quick hitters real quick. Sam Darnold clear for non contact practice. Uh, Sean, you're the makeout expert. Will he play this week? <laughs> I'm afraid about him. Thank you. But I'm afraid of rushing him back because did you see his comment about his spleen? He was like, my spleen's going to do what the spleen's going to do. So I'm still worried about Sam. sounds like advice from Dr. Brinson. And then he also said, I believe, you know, talk to Adam Gase about my spleen. I'm just a little bit afraid of them rushing him out, and I'll be frank, a little bit terrified that he might die. So I hope they don't play him. You guys aren't going to the playoffs. Take it easy. Don't get your quarterback killed, literally. You know, give it another week with Luke Volk. So that's my hope. I don't want to have to watch and fear that his spleen is his spleen is going to rupture. His spleen. Jay Gruden says he'll name the Redskins starting quarterback on Thursday or Friday. Ryan, what should they do against the Patriots this week? And by the way, uh, I I don't think I mentioned this last night. So if I did, I'm sorry. But mm-hmm. uh, fun fact. Oh, yeah, who was drunk last night? I mean, I don't remember anything. Fun fact: <laughs> the Redskins are a 15-point home underdog this week, and next week will likely be a road favorite in Miami, which will be the first time uh, in the Pro Football Reference database that has ever happened. Didn't you say this yesterday and then tweet it? I don't know. I tweeted. I didn't know if I said it. You me- I okay? I, I don't think you had the record, but you mentioned like the big disparity. I think, and then you went and tweeted it. Oh, I went and looked at. I went and looked. Yeah, so I think you're podcast. fine. Okay. You looked it up after the podcast and then tweeted out. Well, the information. I was just curious. Like, has a team ever had that happen? And it's never. It's nobody's ever been a fifteen, four, a two touchdown dog or more, and then been a road favorite the next week. And one would presume the Redskins will be favored in Miami. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, all right, well, what would you do with the quarterback situation here in the next two weeks? Well, what I would do, I wouldn't show up if I were Jay Gruden. I just wouldn't go to the bus, go to the plane, just don't even show up. Call, Go go to Las Vegas, which is what Breach and I talked about on, on Monday have, morning. Have you heard this quote, by the way, from Jay Gruden about uh, which, about Haskins? I'm trying to find it. Grant Paulson tweeted out. He said, uh, I don't care where you're drafted. You have to earn that. He's got to come in here and perform when he's asked to perform. And if I feel like he gives us the best chance to win against New England, I'll put him in. You're not just handed the keys because of where you're drafted. you got to earn the right. I think it will continue to get better and better and better. But I have to look right now, Sunday afternoon against the Patriots, who gives us the best chance to win? That's the most important thing. He might as well be turning up to the owner's box and giving double bird, uh, Bud Adams style to Dan, Dan Snyder at this point. So JLC actually wrote about this, and he said that on Sunday, he said that Haskins people – uh, basically went to uh, the Redskins and said, listen, you can't throw him out there because he's not ready. Haskins obviously wants to play, but uh, you know his people don't want to see him get maimed uh, against the best defense maybe uh, in the last three or four years. That may be disrespectful to the Bears, but the one, easily the best defense this year. No, no questions about that. Uh, I, if I'm Jay Gruden and Dwayne Haskins isn't his guy, I'm rolling with Colt McCoy if he's ready to go. Uh, if I mean, I'm Colt McCoy's people, I'm sending my right. people to the owner and saying, hey, my guy can't play either. 
And if I'm Case Keenum's people, I'm doing that too. I'm, don't play the, the a quarterback. Case Keenum and Colt McCoy were bred to be sacrificial lambs, so this is their <laughs> moment. They're going to get slaughtered, just a matter of which one. But if I'm Dwayne Haskins, I mean, you have to go out there, obviously. But um, he looked terrible against the Giants, and the Giants' defense and the Patriots' defense couldn't be further apart. So um, maybe Colt McCoy says his leg hurts another week, which would be the smart thing to do. Uh, Case Keenum, is he officially injured? Do we know what's wrong with him? Um, I don't. They haven't done an injury report yet. I will tell you this, though, that the um – the line, I believe, has moved up to 16 or 15 and a half, depending on where you're looking. The over has come cratering down uh, at least two or three points already, and that game was 46 when it opened. Now it's down like 44. Um, like the under. 87% of the bets are on the Patriots, and 90% of the money are on the Patriots, to no one's surprise. I, I just I can't imagine. This line should not be 16 if Dwayne Haskins is starting. Which I'll tell you the risky – the risky thing in this game 20, 20. is that it could be one of those situations where the Patriots jump out to an early lead. And I know Bill Belichick doesn't love the pool Brady, but he might do it in this game because they play Thursday and then just hand off to Sony Michelle and run out the clock in the second half and get out of there and let the starters rest since it's a turnaround in short weeks. So that would be the only thing that would maybe, uh, scare me away allow from the, taking allow the Redskins to come. Yes. Yes. Sure. But the Redskins defense stinks. You could still score a lot of points with Sonny Michelle running the ball. And the Patriots could easily pick six Dwayne Haskins. I mean, That's I true. feel like it's safe to say that Dwayne Haskins is going to play against the Patriots. I don't, I don't, know. I don't think he will. At I all? Cole, no. I think Cole McCoy is more likely if he's healthy. I don't know what Case Keenum's situation is. Case Keenum loves Cole McCoy. Case Keenum left the game with, in a walking boot, and I know he battled a foot injury last week in practice, but I think Jay Gruden said it was just precautionary. So, all right. Do you, do you think if you're Case Keenum, you say that my back hurts, and then you say my my girlfriend's having a baby, and then you just show up? <laughs> wow, wow! The guy with the kids making fun of Jalen Ramsey, calling him out for faking pregnancy. I didn't say he faked it. I said, do you think you should do that? That's all. Uh, no, he should not do that. Mm. Case Keenum is a God fearing man. He's not going to. He should be a Patriots fearing man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He's a Belichick fearing man. Uh, Tyron Smith, week to week with an ankle sprain breach. How bad uh, is this a situation for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, my MVP pick? Well, it's horrible for Dak, but the good news is this doesn't sound too bad. And worst case scenario, it sounds like he would only miss this week's game against the Packers, which is not the game you want to miss because you have two three and one teams. This could be for uh getting the second first one of the top seeds in the NFC could eventually come into play here if both these teams are good for the rest of the year. And you know, we've seen even though the Packers could not stop the run against the Eagles, they're still able to rush the passer. And the last thing you want with you're the Cowboys is to not have Tyron Smith on the field for this game. So even if he only is missing this one game, it is a devastating blow because it's a game you really don't want to lose. I'm with you. All right, one more piece of news, and we're going to hit some contender pretenders. Saquon Barkley, Sean, already out of a walking boot. How quick do you think we'll see Saquon back on the field? And uh is this a mistake to rush him? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, And I have Saquon in one of my fantasy leagues, so I would love for them to rush him back. But I think you made the point right after the injury how this could actually be a, a blessing in disguise for them because they're not going to run him into the ground in a losing year. So I would not rush him back personally. I thought – I know you didn't think Wayne Gallman played particularly well. He wasn't very efficient. I think he's fine though, and and I just I just don't think it's worth rushing the guy you took number two overall above a bunch of players that a lot of people think he should have took. 
in a two and two season. So I would hope they would keep him out. Um, I'm sure fantasy owners everywhere though, um, are thinking the exact opposite. Uh, all right. Maybe the Giants could make a list as a two and two contender or even a possible pretender. We have a, uh, a long list of two and two teams sprawled out across the NFL. Let's, uh, let's dive in. Everyone can pick one contender and one pretender from the two and two list. We'll do this, uh, snake style draft. Ryan, you can go first with your contender or you can, you can go your pretender first if you wanted to. So once Ryan picks the team, I can't pick it, even if it's the opposite. That's how a draft works. Oh, what if it's the opposite? (laughs) All right. I'm going to go with uh, you. You could perchance use Ryan mentioning the team as an opportunity to disagree with him rather than bringing the team up five minutes later. <laughs> but if I'm the next pick, it would be, okay. Just go. Yes, that's just I mean, treated like a draft. <laughs> Sweet. It's like Sean's been speaking English for like. Could you imagine years. the number two team last year? Be like, can we still draft Baker Mayfield, or is that? Is, <laughs> is, what, how's this work? How's hey, this work? Uh, is it cool if we take LeBron James at two? <laughs> uh, this is Ryan Pace. I got to go. Um, okay, uh, the, the first contender. Uh, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I love the way they played against the Packers. Uh, they went on the road, won at Lambeau Field. I thought Carson Wentz actually played well enough to, to um, merit a conversation about how I would take him over Aaron Rodgers. You guys doo-dooed all over that, whatever. Um, I'm riding Carson Wentz to the Super Bowl, so suck it, fools. Whoa. Uh, John Breach, you're, uh, would anybody like to disagree with Ryan? Um, I think it's like they, they went on the road and won in Lambeau, so I'm going to – I certainly include them on that list uh, of contenders, but I – they're deep. They got they got good they got good depth on the defensive line, but that secondary is a major problem, man. I would take I would still take the Cowboys over the Eagles in the NFC East, but that's just me. Okay, uh, Breach, you're up. Oh, I was looking at. And you don't two. have to go contender. You can go pretender if you feel like you can make a better case. Like if you want to lay up, like you're like, hey, the the uh, Titans suck. They're a pretender. Uh, you know, I do not think the Titans suck, and I do not think they are pretender. One pretender, I think, is the Oakland Raiders. Sean, I know you're out in Oakland. I hope Raiders fans don't mob you and beat you up because I'm saying this. Uh, but I do not think they are going to do much better than two and two. I think their season might end at maybe six and ten, uh, tops. So that makes them a contender. They've got the Bears and the Packers coming up. They still have to play the Chargers, the Chiefs, play the Chargers twice. Uh, I, I, you know, they'll win a few more games. I think they'll be a little bit better than people thought, but there's no way they're getting above 500. And I, I would say they finish about six and 10. You like that my dog showed up for this podcast? Well, your dog loved my answer. George, I can tell is, my happy. George is not happy about being in my lap right now. Is your, is your dog named after King George? Uh, he is. He's a King Charles Cavalier. Uh, the colored, if you don't mind. Sean, you're up. My uh-huh. contender are the Cleveland Browns. I picked them to win the AFC North or I Picked them to make the playoffs. I can't remember which one. Before the season, I think they're not as good as I thought they'd be, but the rest of the division also is not nearly as good as I thought it was. I think the Ravens are coming crashing back down to earth, as we've seen in recent weeks, and that win over the Dolphins doesn't really mean much when every team is doing that to the Dolphins. And I think Baker Mayfield started off terribly. He's not that quarterback. I think he's going to get better. So I take the Browns as a contender and a playoff team. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, it's hard to, it's weird. A week ago, I don't think I would have said that when they were one and two. And then they went into Baltimore and smashed the Ravens. I mean, that it's, it, we're in a week, it's a week to week business, but they had the weapons. They adjusted. They played well. I think we're learning a lot about the Ravens and that defense and whether or not they're any good. Uh, I will take as my contender, the Los Angeles 
Superchargers. Uh, they have Philip Rivers. They just got Melvin Gordon back. They have Austin Eckler. They have a ton of defensive players who, uh, many of whom are hurt. Melvin Ingram, Derwin James, uh, currently banged up. But if you look at the, the schedule of games that the Chargers have, uh, they have a late bye, which I think is very helpful. Uh, they have the Broncos, Steelers, Titans, Bears, uh, their next four games, which means the best quarterback they're going to play in the next four games is either, uh, Mason Rudolph or Marcus Mariota. Um, then they get the Packers, Raiders, and Chiefs, of course, which is a tough matchup, but it's a Monday night football game at home. Maybe they could win that. Uh, Broncos, Jaguars, Vikings, Raiders, Chiefs after the bye. I think they're probably playing for a wild card at this point, but I would be, um, very surprised if the Chargers weren't at least involved in the discussion uh, as the season ends. Are you concerned at all that they seem to lose someone new to injury every week? Uh, yes, it's a problem. I like how people are like, it's crazy how the Chargers are so consistent at losing people to injury year after year after year. It's like, maybe call the training staff. Maybe stop being so cheap and invest in the medical staff. What do you think about that? They should hire you, Dr. Brinson. Yeah, I'm bad. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's me and Dr. Nick. We're running the Chargers medical staff. Like, hi, hi, friends. Or hello, friends. Also, I can't keep track of you jumping on and off the Chargers bandwagon because I swear, like, a couple weeks ago, you were off them. I'm now off. you're back on. The, now you're back on. Well, I just think, I think they're a contender at two and two. I mean, you okay. just said they're going to lose to the Steelers in two weeks. So they could. I mean, these, these are freaking <laughs> five point games. Like I mean, anybody could win. Both teams played hard. Like, what do you? I mean, like, these games are All not right. predetermined, man. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go ahead. We won't even do a snake draft. You go ahead, Ryan. Oh yeah. Oh right. Thank you. My my pretender, um, New York Giants. They're two and two. They could very easily be one and three. The Buccaneers, uh, through sheer force of will, uh, lost that game uh, last week uh, when Bruce Arians decided to back up 45 yards and try the game with a field goal. Um, they beat the Redskins. Uh, as Sean pointed out, you can beat the Dolphins and, and not really have much to show for it. The same holds for beating the Redskins when they threw Dwayne Haskins out there. He didn't know he was going to play through three interceptions. One was pick six. Daniel Jones looked great against the Bucks. He looked um, slightly above average against the Redskins. The defense is still terrible. Uh, there's no chance they're winning that division, and best case they come in third in that division. I feel like. I uh, don't disagree at all. I don't. I don't know. Best case they finish third in the division. I feel like worst case they finish third in the division. Wait, what? Worst, worst case, case they, they finish. They finish. Yeah, they're not finishing below the Redskins. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, like like maybe the best case and the worst case is the same case, but they're yeah. not like their worst but case. They're not finishing uh, above three. Worst case think. is Daniel Jones looks like crap for the rest of the season. They finish third in the division, and like Saquon rushes back and tears his ACL or something. Jeez. Or the best case is or said worst case scenario. Or worst yeah, case, uh, then asteroid hits New York and everyone dies. Well, then I think that's we what your ACL thing sounded like. Well, that's not well, as bad. Well, Ryan's dead for sure upon impact. So yeah. So Would that be that bad? We, gotta, we at least have to <laughs> weigh. Far. We at least have to weigh certain things here. <laughs> also, Saquon tearing his ACL would be worse than a New York, an asteroid hitting New York. Just for the record. <laughs> Too far. Too far? Uh, Syrac- well, we're just joking about Ryan's death. So as long as it hits Syracuse, it's fine. By uh, the way, I'm going to have them play this clip at my funeral, just so you two buttholes <laughs> get called out. I should, and, tell, I should tell the story about. Oh no, it's it's too complicated. We're already not there. The joke. My buddy Zeke got jacked up by no, that no, no, no. player. I'm gonna, I'm gonna text Prisco, and Prisco like texts us. It's like me, Jamie, and Casas. He texts us. He's like, I just got a. He's like, I just got in like into it with this guy at the deli at the Publix. We're like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's like bagel guy. 
basically. So this guy was like smack talking like the deli ladies for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. No, he told the story. Yeah. So Pete's like, why don't you mind your own bleeping business? And the guy's like, I'll mess you up. And Pete, Pete like told him, he's like, I'll basically they started smack talking. This guy's huge. And the guy like walks away and like leaves. So Pete's walking around the grocery store. He gets, he gets a glass uh, bottle of salad dressing. And that he like puts it in a bag, and that's how he's going to defend himself against this guy. Who I mean, look, it's Florida. Who knows? This guy might have like who knows what this guy is in possession of, like uh, meth bullets or like I mean, certainly a handgun. <laughs> anything. So he got an alligator in his trunk, or something. right? He might have a live alligator. He's going to turn loose on Pete. I mean, who knows? Anything is anything is on the table in, in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and so we're like texting with Pete while he's in the store, and he's telling us, and we're like, dude, like what the hell, like. You gotta like go get the cops before you walk out to your car. Like you can't be walking out there with like two bags of groceries, like some deli meat, and you just gotta salt it. Like he's like, what are you? He's like, you guys don't even know how to take care of yourselves. You gotta just put some salad dressing in a bag. We're like, what are you talking about, crazy old man? So then we're like texting with him, and he goes dark for fifteen minutes, and we're like, oh, and we're joking about how like Pete's gonna die in this parking lot, and he goes completely dark for fifteen minutes, and we're like, oh my god, Pete died in the parking lot, and. And this is how I feel about Ryan now. And then Pete showed back up 15 minutes later, and the guy wasn't even there. So it's there I forgot the point of the story, but I like the story. Like, yeah. I don't know what cued you up, but <laughs> us, us, us joking about Ryan's death, and then Ryan like sending this to his wife to play at his funeral. So that way, when we like, you know, it's like these a holes were joking about his death because we were thinking like, what if Pete's wife? Goes back to read like his last communications for right before he died. And it's me and Jamie being like, Pete's definitely dead in the public's parking lot. This is hilarious. And, and then he's actually dead. Also, his wife would be like, why would you defend yourself with salad dressing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, pretenders, uh, you're up, Breach. Well, I started with a pretender. So I'm up on contender, Brinson. I listened to your whole story. You couldn't even listen to my freaking pretender. Yeah, I knew you had the Raiders, but I just didn't. Uh, you thought he took the Raiders as the contender? I just. Uh, just crazy talk. I'm just trying to get to All right. Well, I have it down to three teams as my contender, and I'm trying to to narrow it down to one. Uh, One of them I like because I live in the city, but I'm not going to pick them. That's too easy. I don't want to be a homer. Uh, I'm not going to pick the Bengals because they're not two and two, so they don't qualify for this. And then, you know what? I'm going to pick the worst one out of three, the one I feel the least comfortable with, and it is the Vikings. Oh, I was going to take them for my pretender. Oh, Sean, that's my contender. So here's the thing. As we all know, Kirk Cousins can't beat a team with a winning record. He can't win in prime time. Uh, (laughs) He's just like a more fabulous version of Andy Dalton, and which is funny because Mike Zimmer used to be an assistant coach with Bengals. But anyway, you look at their schedule. Can play the Giants. What classic Vikings is going to be winning that game by 17 points? All of a sudden they're three and two. Everything's fixed. A couple games against the Lions. A game against the Redskins. Uh, so they have a pretty easy route to at least eight wins, and it's just a matter of whether or not uh, they can beat the Bears at home or beat the nope. Packers at home. Nope. But here is what the Vikings do have: they get three of their final four games at home. I think there's only three teams in the NFL to get three of their final four at home. So, and they, playing at home in Minnesota is a huge home field advantage for them. And those three of the final four are the Lions, the Packers, and the Bears. Their only away game in that segment is against the Chargers in LA. So there's no cold weather games. Uh, but the downside there is that two of those four are in prime time. Ooh. 
So I don't actually – I don't disagree with Breach. It, when I was going to take the Vikings as a pretender, I was going to actually note that out of all the teams remaining on this list, I actually think they're the best team. The reason why I disagree with Breach is that I just think they're stuck in way too difficult of a division, and those divisional matchups he pointed out, I just don't see them winning very many of them. Sean, divisions can send three teams to the playoffs. The Packers, Bears, and Vikings could all make it, but the other part of this is that – Or the Lions, Packers, and Vikings. The Lions, Packers, and Vikings yeah. of the – Vikings final nine games, five of them are in prime time. So literally 55% of the remaining games are in prime time. Let me ask you this, though. Do we think, and I know we, we need to wrap up these a little bit quicker, but do we think that, um, <laughs> I can't hey, was that for Debo, right? Yeah, I was letting Debo know that I know that, that I'm supposed to stop talking, but I have a question. Do we think that Kirk Cousins sucks in prime time or does he suck against good teams? It's good teams. It's teams and above And you're usually playing a good team in prime time unless you're playing on Thursday night. Then sometimes it's not good. Or, or if you're the Steelers playing on Monday night. Yeah, he's at Seattle. That's it. Yeah, at the Chargers, and then uh, Green it Bay. Checks out. Oh my God, there's a lot of primetime games. <laughs> Did you see Mike Zimmer was asked on Sunday about why he thought Kirk Cousins is so bad against good teams, and Mike Zimmer said, "I don't know. You would have to ask him." <laughs> Which Did is you see what? Do you see what Adam Thielen said? Yes. These teams, these guys. Adam Thielen, he walked it back the next day though. Okay. Adam Thielen, and then Stefan Diggs hasn't talked to the media in a week, and he left the locker room before they could ask a question. Yeah, he thought the, he was going to be traded. You saw the tweet he sent out, right? <laughs> he sent out yeah. the, the 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 emoji with no mouth. What does that mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Ryan, what does hell? that mean? <laughs> Ryan's like, what, is, what the hell's that? Emoji? If you send out an emoji with no mouth, that means, like, it's not like eyes, but it's it's like something. Look, Cousins throughout his career is five and twenty-seven against winning teams. Is that good? Nope. If you're Andy Dalton, it is. Nah, that's what I want to hear, Wilson. So here's here's a little pop trivia, pop quiz. Name the last team that didn't have a winning record. Uh, well, no, because he lost to the Packers. Oh, you peed down your leg on that one. Well, I was gonna say that didn't have a winning record. That non-divisional. That he lost to non-divisional opponent with a, a losing record that he lost to Packers. Uh, I don't know. Wait, what is quiz hot shot? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, we gotta get that drop on the uh, on the old soundboard. Pop quiz hot shot. Every time Breach wants a pop quiz, uh, let's say the uh, the Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills. Ah, good. That's a great story. Uh, okay, Sean, your pick for uh, your pretender. So I was going to pick the yeah we know you're going to pick the Vikings pick someone else. I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I do not buy what they did in Los Angeles. I don't buy into James Winston. That should come as no surprise to anyone who has remotely paid attention to anything I've been saying for the last couple of years. Brinson's giving me a weird look, and I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going through it. Doesn't matter. Very, very predictable. Yeah, I mean. Look, the thing with his performance against the Rams is that he's always had these types of performances into him. He does it every single year, and then he follows it up later with that stretch of total doo-doo. So I think that's what's going to happen. And I guess the Still other thing line. I would add is that it's a compliment. The, the other thing I would add is that I'm really impressed with the Saints' defense has done after Drew Brees got hurt, and so I'm fully buying into the Saints winning that division. Um, Wait, so who is your pretender? The Bucks. Okay. I have been left in a precarious position here because I have to now select a pretender 
from the AFC South, which no, we have no idea what to do, or your <laughs> beloved Panthers. <laughs> no one wanted to pick a team from the South this entire conversation. Yeah. Um, I think the Panthers are a contender with that defense and the run game. And Kyle Allen, if he's got to, he's got to stop fumbling. But I think that they can be a playoff contender because of their schedule. So I'm not going to pick them. Um, it's got to be somebody from the AFC South. And I can't I mean, do it against. Every- all four of those teams are pretenders and contenders tonight. They really are, Ryan. They've, it's, a, it's a Schrodinger's cat situation. Nice, John. Wow. I was like, is it Schrodinger? John Breach, an intellectual. <laughs> I, I'm not even the one with the Berkeley. You, uh, you, you stumped Brinson more than the Susan Lucci comment from a few weeks ago. <laughs> He's Googling Schrodinger's cat. I was like, isn't it, isn't it Pavlov's dog? <laughs> no, the, the, uh, it's, uh, it's a Sophie's choice, right? Um, <laughs> that was done what came up on Google. I hundred percent. So you know, the cat, the cat is both simultaneously dead and alive at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh right, you mean Sophie's choice, of course. <laughs> it's not the same thing at all. I know. That was... <laughs> <laughs> he googled the wrong thing. I didn't Google anything. Um, I'm gonna say that I think the culture contender. I think the. Well, you're picking well, a pretender. I know, I know. I'm trying to do a process on the nation. I think the Colts are a contender. I think the Jaguars are a contender if they keep Jalen Ramsey with Gardner Minshew. I'm going to take the Texans. When is Gardner Minshew going to poop his pants? Is that going to happen against the Panthers this week? <laughs> you know what? I'll say the Jaguars are a contender. The Jaguars are a, are a pretender. They did not. Jalen Ramsey not going to play for him. I know. I don't like it. You think I like it? I don't. We're tweeting about your shirt today. I love Minshew. I don't want to abandon him, but I don't think they're that good. God damn. They should have lost. The Jaguars could be. What could the the Jaguars' record could easily be? Zero and four right now, right? I mean, they beat the. They lost their first two games. They they could uh, one and they should have lost to the Broncos. Right? I mean, they should have lost to the Broncos. Oh, right. Yeah, they should have lost that game. I mean, the, I mean, the, the Bears should have lost to the Broncos. The Broncos should have lost too, and I should be like have some modicum of pride left in that terrible pick. But no. But also, like I mean, choice. the Jags probably could have beaten the Texans. So <laughs> you could flip it all the way. It's just a spider web you don't want to get involved with, Brinson. It's a Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll take the Jaguars. I think if you look at this, oh man, their schedule is actually pretty good. At, at Panthers, Saints at home, at Bengals, Jets at home, Texans at home. What about what Titans? About, you don't think the Titans? I, the Titans have like upside to them like a week to week basis. I don't, I don't know. I think I, it's a Schrodinger's cat situation really. <laughs> uh, Smart insight. I don't, he must I, have found that on Reddit or something. I don't know. I don't know who to pick in that division. So we'll move along. Uh, that's it. Uh, Debo, do, I don't think do we have something else. He, um, all right. Let's just rip through the other teams really oh quick. Okay. Are you serious? Ravens, contender or pretender, Ryan? Yes, contender. Texans, contender or pretender, Sean? Uh, whatever that cat was called. <laughs> Colts, breach. Uh, the Garfield, Garfield cat. <laughs> no, I think, I think the Colts are a pretender. <laughs> oh, okay. Really? Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, we can't. You just made the argument that they're all contenders, yet simultaneously all pretenders. So they have to be one or the they other. They just lose at home to the Raiders. They lost at home to the Raiders. They're playing the Chiefs next week. They still have uh, a pretty rough schedule. They play the Saints near the end of the season. They're going to finish like eight and eight, which actually might win the division. So maybe they are contenders. I, but I'm, I'm winning pretender. 
I think they could win the division. Uh, I picked the Jags. Titans, Sean. Uh, pretender. And you, oh, Ryan. you want me to? You wanted me to elaborate, didn't you? No, it's fine. Ryan yeah, Panthers. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, um. Let's see. Meow. The Bucks are the Bucks are gonna win. The Bucks are gonna win the division. So the Panthers are gonna finish second. Um. Listen here, meow. No chance. Saints gonna finish third, and I think that uh, the it's Falcons. A real choice. I know it really is. So yeah, another contenders. All right, we meow have to get out of here. We cannot. We cannot continue on. Who do you not remember? Super Troopers, something like that. <laughs> oh, it was fine. It was just. Make sure to check out our Facebook group. We're going to have a schedule set up for uh, various super friends to go in there and uh, hang out and answer fantasy and gambling questions. Ryan will be on from uh, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Sundays every every week answering all of your fantasy questions. Uh, quarter, time season, quarter season awards with Brady Quinn tomorrow. And uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave those comments on Apple Podcasts. Talk to you guys mañana. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.